Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange Podcast, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to youtube.com slash comic pop for more. Stick around at the end of this episode for a bonus interview with writer Cullen Bunn and his new series from Valiant Comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel. Yeah, we're getting started a little early today because not only is uh, my amazing co-host Joel not feeling too great, but yeah. also uh, <laughs> there is a storm incoming on the East Coast, particularly in the Jersey area, and I want to circumvent it by having a show before it becomes a problem. Stormwatch 2019. Or, have they called it Thunder Snows yet? That's my favorite thing. Oh. It's like, oh, watch out, we're getting Thunder Snows. Well, I don't think there's any snow on the forecast. There better not be. I know <laughs> they were like, we are anticipating losing power, which I'm like, of course we mm. are, because that's my life. But uh, yeah. So, Joel, welcome back to the show, man. Welcome back to the land of the living. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. I know you're not feeling great. Uh, we'll try to keep it, you know, keep it loose. <laughs> And, uh, and lay off the stone humor. But, um, <laughs> it's going to be hard, though. We got so many great stone puns. It's true. But uh, listen, everybody who's watching the show live right now here on YouTube.com slash Comic Pop, you're the sponsor for today's episode. You are our bosses. Uh, not only do you keep us employed by watching the shows and clicking the ads, or at the very least letting them roll, uh, you are also helping to promote this show uh, with your enthusiasm and whatnot, but also through your Super Chats. If you use your Super Chats, we can answer your question or read a comment of yours here on the show as it goes, and uh, that's our way of kind of making it a little bit of a back and forth, a little bit more less of you just giving us money and a little bit more of us making it a collaborative effort. So not only are you the sponsor of today's show, you're also uh, the third guest on today's show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump into it. Uh, the topic for today is the fact that... <laughs> Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige has uh, altered his position a little bit, added another mm-hmm. uh, another position onto his illustrious resume, mm-hmm. uh, that being he's chief creative officer of Marvel. Yes, it, it is not every day we are witness to an ascension, but the holy Feige has come again and yeah. taken up a new level in power. Praise be his name. Right? I, I'm just saying, like, okay, so let's let's get all the data out of the way so we can talk about what this means and everything and speculate, because that's what we're really here for, aren't we? We're just here. We don't mm-hmm. know anything. We're not experts in any regard. Uh, we just like the same stuff you do who's watching, and so as a result, like, you know, you're watching us agree with you. Uh, so, Deadline reported this. Um, they said that Feige has a new position. He will see all creative executives reporting to him. They, Amazing. Uh, that includes everybody, including uh, Dan Buckley, uh, who is Marvel Entertainment president. He will report to Feige on all publishing, creative, and editorial endeavors. Ooh, so it's not just the movies. This affects the comics now, too. This affects the comics. Now, if you remember, uh, actually, Joe Casada used to be editor-in-chief, and he went to the position of chief creative officer. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I think I speculated that that's mostly due to the fact that Casada had Hollywood contacts, and he was oh, yeah. he's from that world, so to speak. So he had the best tie to that universe, and he was the best suit of that job. Uh, no longer in that position. Now Feige's in that mm-hmm. position. Uh, Joe Casada will still report to Buckley. He'll be uh, VP and yeah. directive chair of Marvel Entertainment. Creative di- uh, his role as EVP and creative director of Marvel right. Entertainment. So uh, as it stands right now, the only person who is actually above 
Feige right now is Perlmutter. Mm, is that true? Because here's the thing. Right now, as the hierarchy goes, it goes co. It goes Walt Disney co-chairman, chief creative officer, Alan Horn, Alan mm. Bergman. Below them, Kevin Feige. Below him, Dan Buckley and Joe Quesada. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everybody else. Uh, Ike Perlmutter is still technically Marvel Entertainment chairman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as such, Feige will be reporting to Perlmutter on things like sales, publishing operations, creative services, licensing, events, and games. Right. So it sounds like Perlmutter didn't really get the rug pulled out from under him as much as people were talking, but more that he has to share the creative element which has been a which has been a thorny issue for a long time where it's like why do we only hear from Perlmutter when things are going wrong or when he decides to you know uh, wake from his tomb and you know want to poke a stick into something right now uh some would say that like because Perlmutter technically has more responsibilities than Feige and because Feige is you know busy (laughs) let's put it that way Oh, he's uh, also doing Star Wars too. Everyone on top of this, well, he's making a Star Wars movie. I when I when they first announced he was doing Star Wars, I was like, oh, they put him in charge of Star Wars. Makes sense. It's like, no, 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 no. Feige probably wanted to do a Star Wars movie, and they were like, sure. We we literally made a disappointing Han Solo movie. Why not just let the guy who makes all the or all our billions right now make a Star Wars movie and make everything you movie. touch turns to money anyway? So right, and it's and it's. So we'll get into the like the the, the creative issues with with Feige in a minute because I was gonna weigh in and I don't want to do that just yet, but right. uh, but but no, Perlmutter has seems to have a lot more responsibilities as much uh, compared to Feige. The problem is uh, the creative aspects, any ideas that Feige might have about the comics <laughs> is his, and he has to influence the publishers. Right. Um, this is contentious because, as we've read from Bob Iger, who used to be head of uh, DC of Disney, um, yes, his book and his press tour and whatnot, he's talked very openly and candidly about the fact that Perlmutter, under like you know overseeing Marvel, has been notorious in terms of his not not just his uh, you know his his financial overseeing of the company, but also his whole. Um, contentious relationship with feige apparently he perceives feige as being a a usurper as being somebody to like have a problem with he definitely like was was suspicious of him and thought he wanted his position and wanted his job threat to his crown which makes a lot of sense coming from Iger, because feige and Iger took very similar paths to the positions they have now actually is that true i didn't realize that, uh, that 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 was the case yeah, because Iger used to be like the head of ABC, and then he studied under uh, who? Who was the other head of Disney before Iger? Uh, oh, was it? Uh, no. Oversaw the Disney Renaissance and everything. He was in all the video shorts. Why can't I remember his name? Right. I, I, it's not uh, Katzenberg. It's uh... no, no, no. But he was the same era as Katzenberg. Oh God, why? Why, 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 why can I not remember this? He was all over that documentary, uh, Waking Sleeping. Why the heck can I not remember his name? <laughs> He's all over the Defunct Land videos, too. The Defunct Land guy doesn't like him too much. Oh, what the hell was his name? Oh, okay. Um, I don't recall, but we'll get into that in a minute because I'm sure that someone in the chat will let us know. But yes, um, they took similar paths uh, to the jobs they have now. Gotcha. Michael Eisner. Eisner, oh, yeah. Michael Eisner. Not to be confused with the Eisner namesake for the Comic Book Awards. This um, is true. But yeah, no, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. So so that's how Iger got, uh, got his position. Listen, it's not a bad method, and it works. It's nice work if you can get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in this particular case, uh, it, I, I certainly wouldn't have suspected that Feige wanted to have creative control over Marvel Comics. It seems like you know, Feige was interested in the company, uh, and he was happy to facilitate the movie arm of it, but also was more than happy to like just, just plumb the 70 years' worth of history that is worth plumbing from Marvel Comics to you know, be the fodder for your cinematic universe. And because multimedia is the way of the future, and because while Marvel has been, you know, so on the money with their multimedia, but also dropped the ball on some other ones, the fact where it's like, no, 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 the buck stops with me, it all goes through one person now. Right, and I, I'm sure that's certainly how Disney would prefer it. Um, and it seems to me that, uh, you know, I guess Promoter was kind of right. But I certainly wouldn't have guessed that he had that he had any interest, any vested interest in it. And it's interesting you say that because my uh, my guess was more pure-hearted, but I guess yours is a little bit more uh, corporate and uh, borderline cynical, where it's like <laughs> it's easier just to have everything under one guy, and especially if that guy is like in our pocket. Then I'm saying from the perspective of a parent company, like and has a proven track record too, and and, and has a proven track record. That, that's the most important thing, but not always the most. Uh, crucial thing when these companies make these kinds of decisions. <laughs> no, so it's, it's actually absolutely a happy true. coincidence that Feige actually knows a damn like about anything, much less like actually has a is a positive creative influence. And who in interviews and everything else, when we've actually got to hear him talk, like, oh, you seem like a nice man. Yeah. Uh, so what I thought, what I was originally thinking was that um, this is a weird position for Feige to take. It seems Very. almost like. It's not a demotion, but it certainly seems like an odd move because it's like, why? Why would you want to add that level of effort and work to your already busy schedule? You're already doing so much. Why are you going to put more on your plate? And will this finally answer the question of like, okay, how much is too much for this guy? When's he going to break under the pressure if he does? And and I was certainly on the on the position of like, eventually this dude's going to stop. Like, eventually Feige's going to be like, all right, well, you know what? Like, we, I oversaw the, the first three phases of Marvel. I did a friggin' excellent job, you know, objectively speaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm done. Or I want to do this. Or, you know, I want to, like, form an independent film company. Or I, I want to like, paint. Yeah, I want to paint. I want to get into <laughs> watercolors. Like, you, know, you never know. But uh, it seems like this dude lives, breathes, and bleeds Marvel. It really is, and that's kind of heartwarming to see, isn't it, that maybe one day this guy won't wake up and say, you know what, I have just enough money, just enough houses in the Hamptons, and enough golden toilets, I'm going to stop now. Right. Or, um, you know what, I can, I like, he buys his own hype, and he's like, you know what, I can fix everything, I can shit gold, I'm going to go over to DC <laughs> and fix their universe, or I'm going to go to oh, Valley, Jesus. and I'm going to start overseeing their universe. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just take, I'm just going to go where the money is, and just, and just, apply my feige sensibilities to everything but no it seems like this dude just loves marvel and in fact if you look at his resume as joel did recently um you'll see that he has a closer relationship with marvel th than just the mcu tell him yes <laughs> uh yeah so again as i mentioned before i made the Iger eisner comparison before well feige very similarly studied under avi arad back in the day he was his right hand man he was his assistant gopher and uh i guess learned a lot under the man under the best yeah. you could learn under well, I, I think like you know you don't get into that position with uh as, 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 as avi arad had without learning a couple of things but i think for for the most part feige learned what not to do mm -hmm. since of course if you don't know uh, avi arad is actually very very similar to ike promoter in that they both 
came to Marvel through the toy companies. Oh, big toy men. Both of them were toy men who just, you know, they were salesmen who knew what kids wanted and were very unscrupulous when it came to their business practices. Oh, yeah. They were the ones who argued that mutants were not technically humans and therefore not not subject to the same tax tariffs as as dolls. In fact, they too may have been one of the the bigger perpetrators of the term action figures and the insistence that plastic-shaped men who and women who fire, like, you know, features and plastic toys and guns uh, aren't dolls. In fact, they're actually mm-hmm. uh, They are so- not dolls. I will not pay this extra Chinese tariff. They are not dolls. Yeah. And while you could go back and actually just like look at his resume, I remember Tiffany actually reading an old Wizard magazine and finding there's a blurb in a wizard we have in which it says Ike Perlmutter to be named like the head of Marvel or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like you could find that's your that's your gray sports almanac. Right there is that is that news article from Wizard Magazine, but uh, dude was the executive producer on the X Men movie. Worked with Lauren mm-hmm. Donner on that. Uh, oh yeah, you know helped work on Spider Man, Daredevil, X Men, Hulk, Punisher, Blade Trinity. Of course, Blade Trinity is the only one to actually reference the comics in any way. It's true, uh, not in a good way. Blade Trinity is mm. more of a Deadpool movie than it is a Blade movie, but you know, still kind of fun. Um, but yeah, dude has a connection to that to that universe that goes back at least almost 20 years he's been there basically from the beginning of them starting to get serious about making movies yeah yeah not to mention all the uncredited stuff that he has worked on on marvel projects which is up to and including potentially into the spider-verse yeah we don't know and we might never know (laughs) but that's that's the word and when they say that i'm like that makes sense that all evens out one of these things is not like the other Uh um by the way based on the sony hack from years ago Ah. If you ever want to, you could take a look and see all of the Feige notes about how to fix Amazing Spider-Man 2 after they shot it. Mm-hmm, where he's like, you're really doing too many of the Captain Stacy ghost moments. You may want to dial those back. Like, it's really funny to see him try and help them fix that movie. Where he's like, you may want to do a couple of reshoots about this. Do we really care about Peter's father? Not really. Like, you know, that kind of thing. It was really funny. He, he, he sounds like a fan, and it's also like, oh, you're like trying to help a drug addict. You can't help them. They can only help themselves. I want it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Cam Senses in the Super Chat says, what do you think the chances are that they will create a new universe, like the Ultimate Universe, to give a jumping on point for mainstream MCU audiences? I hope that doesn't happen, because I got to tell you, the Jeff Loeb-led Marvel television unit made that horrible Avengers cartoon mm. and horrible Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. Mm. And those are like carbon copy, well, not carbon, carbon copy implies that it's like, it that it is a good copy. These yeah. were like, like third rate photocopies of the MCU where they're like, this looks like the thing you've watched on the big screen, but also sanitized and like whitewashed and like really gross looking. Like the animation is really poor. Which so, is just so crazy coming from a company that is known its bread and butter is animation. It blows my mind every time. Like, when, when I heard that Disney uh, purchased Marvel, I was like, oh, I really don't like that idea. But at the same time, at least they'll make good cartoons. Because <laughs> how could they not? And then it was like, oh, here's how they could not. By literally looking at every cartoon they've produced since the acquisition. Because we make enough money with the live action movies and kids are okay seeing that so we can literally market these cartoons to babies, so it's fine. It's like they got the idea from YouTube where it's like, you understand, (sighs) quality doesn't matter. As long as it's colorful and it's happening, the children will, will, will never look away from their tablet. 
And it will keep our IP around, which is also what we need. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't think that Marvel needs an imprint. I think we may see one. I think you're not wrong as far as thinking that that might happen. Like, it, we've already seen MCU-related comics. Yeah, they always do little preludes and everything. Exactly, but uh, but uh, an MCU universe comic, it sounds a little Star Wars-y, actually. Very much so, where it's like, look, do you want to see the adventures in between the adventures? Read this, then this one takes place in between the span of Avengers to Age of Ultron, and this takes place from Age of Ultron to Infinity War. And they have like a like a brain trust that oversees what Star Wars comics are made and what happens in them, so yeah. if, if at all, that might be the best way to do it. In fact, as you say it, I kind of love that idea, but... <laughs> Like, like, put someone good on it who cares and just like, yeah, you could make that great. Make it digital. Do the injustice thing. Make them in dig- uh, digital. Have them come out more frequently and they can be a little shorter. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, as long as, and again, if they did that, here's the reason why it's the best reason. If they do this, create a separate universe slash, you know, thing, like imprint that's MCU mm. related and it's like Star Wars comics. That way they won't wreck the regular comics exactly they won't feel like they always need to bend over backwards to match what's going on because it's like no no no. you can do that over here in your own thing and you can let the comics be the comics and they can build the ideas and the intellectual property which you can then turn and make into a movie and see it's a beautiful circle everybody feeds everybody right it's it's maggie's birthday cake they made a birthday cake for maggie with a bunch of edible letters and then Mm -hmm. marge made a special cake just for homer to (laughs) exactly there you go uh, jumping back into the super chats, I gotta say, Eddie Eckenberg says, like Perlmutter's very, uh, every bad thing about capitalism put together and shambling around in a shape vaguely resembling a man, Will Feige. Pretty much. I mean, like, I can't speak to that. Uh, he's only allowed two photos of him in the, of himself in the last 25 to 30 yeah. years. Uh, you know, like a, like a sane down to earth <laughs> person does. <laughs> uh, like a man with nothing to hide. Uh, but uh, um. no, I, I hope against hope Feige won't reboot the comics, as we said. I, the best hope is that he makes a Homer's birthday cake out of it. Um, yeah. Stephen Fothery says uh, Feige and Jeff Johns worked for Richard Donner. I'm sure they, they bonded did. over their comics and baseball caps. Yes, they do love those, don't they? Yeah, too bad Johns couldn't do as good for DC. I think the, real, mm-hmm. the reality was there were just too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, Feige was like, the thing was, Feige got to be where he was through a combination of good decisions um, and nothing to lose. DC, while they are hurting as a comic book publisher, uh, really don't have anything to worry about because Warner Brothers it was has and has been for many years their parent company. Like, also that when Feige took over for Marvel, like there was no parent company. It was it, it was, was do or die time. Do or do, do or die, sink or swim. With 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 uh, with Johns, he could come in and be like, we need to do this, this, and this, and with the urgency of somebody like Feige, but then executive executive stepping in and saying like, well, we think not. It's fine. It's fine. The, the 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 sky is not falling, little chicken Jeff. Now that being said, I don't know. I can't speak to it. I will just say that, like, if you compare them, it is kind of apples and oranges. Uh, mm. Trev Fishbean says, uh, but if we're heading in for a multiverse breaking in Secret Wars slash Battle World, that might naturally soft boot the uh, MCU, and then Galactus comes. I, I mean, like that's only if. The speculation is there. I heard a lot of rumors about Secret Wars being the next like phase of Marvel. I guess, Same. Not only do I think that's a horrible idea, but I don't mm. really see the writing on the wall for that. No, there's like, still so much more you can do. Yeah, and especially because like it's it's just I think it's just groupthink where it's like no 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 no. But like, what's the biggest next space thing? And it's like whoa, 
why space? Like, when, when Thanos turned around at the end of Avengers, I'm like, whoa, space? Please, dial it back. We just got the Avengers. Can we, <laughs> can we focus a little bit on, the others, on these other things? And then they were like, how about Ultron? I'm like, fair enough, let's go to space. But now we've been to space a lot. And while the biggest thing to be worried about in space is Galactus, and now that Galactus is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for mm-hmm. universe technically, we can do that. Should we do that now? What if? What about Doom? He's a pretty about, big threat that's earthbound. What about villain teens, as I keep saying? Masters of evil, villain teens, villain yeah, yeah. teens. What about, like, yeah, what about Red Skull going back into his old body? What about, uh, you know, any cool villain teams? What about Abomination? Bring him back. Like, there's a lot of options. I wouldn't go directly for Battle World. Uh, Cortland Ellis says, I, uh, hoping I'm not uh, joining in too late. Here's some money for good content to listen to while I'm at work. Cortland, you're not too late. You're never too late, man. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for your generosity. Um, no, we just, uh, we've, we've, we've been at it for about 15 minutes. So you can roll back and, 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 and chat. Uh, but yeah, like. Before me there. Um, but so in this case, I, I thought, I was expecting that uh, with this kind of change coming clearly from on high, uh, that I expected Perlmutter to be edged out. I don't know about you, but I, I, I severely expected like them to announce, okay, Feige's in, Perlmutter's out. That's what I expected. Instead, mm. not only is he retaining most of his positions, but uh, you notice the name that's conspicuously absent from all these trades. Which name was that? Jeff Loeb. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yes. His TV arm, which has always kind of been the redheaded stepchild of the MCU extended multimedia project. Yeah. And if Jeff Loeb is out, which is all speculation, it could be the Jeff Loeb will tweet the other, like in a few minutes, like, no, I'm not out, Sal. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> you can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'll never sign your Spider-Man blue. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he could be out. And Feige's now in charge of the TV angle. Mm. And so as such... He doesn't have to report to Perlmutter, and now Perlmutter has no control over the multimedia aspect. Right. The other concern, and this is a big concern for me uh, until I theorized about like what they're doing with Perlmutter, is that if there is a hugely contentious relationship between Ike and Kevin... As we all assume. As we all assume, and as we have confirmation uh, thereof, what, a, what if like Feige has a really big, awesome idea? And he pitches it to Marvel Comics, and he's like, this is what you need to do now. Uh, and then per- Perlmutter goes, okay, cool, yeah, I like that idea, except it sucks. What if we do my <laughs> idea, and that way it might actually be good? Or if he has flack from that, it's like, okay, we'll publish it on the thinnest, cheapest paper you can imagine. <laughs> with the worst artists on it. Like, you can't have this much friction and have a working partnership. No, so it's true. It's why, a house divided cannot stand. True enough. And it's why I theorize that, like, there is, like, a secret buyout slash payoff that's coming. Mm. Uh, Perlmutter is in his 70s. I think that he's also the head of Veterans Affairs under the Trump administration. I feel like... Also that, he also has a government job, which might be affecting his life in the next little bit, give or take. Well, and so as such, like, what if this was a big meeting, took place with all, with all the people in charge, and they said... You know, you get to keep your 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 dignity and your like you know integrity. You're not going to be just forced out in a in a in a you know news reel. Mm-hmm. You you're in charge of whatever the hell <laughs> until the end of the year, and then mm-hmm. you will leave, and we'll put like Dan Buckley in charge or something. 
Right, right. You know, like what, what, like what if that's the case that like Perlmutter is technically a ghost in this, and that like eventually oh, yeah. he'll be out because I don't see, I don't see a, a progressive working relationship between the two of them now. No, and I, and I don't really understand why if they were like, oh, Kevin's in charge now. If they can make that kind of sweeping decision, they can't be like, oh, and Perlmutter has to go. Unless they've mm. already made that choice. Unless that's already happened. And that's just a, that's just a theory I don't really know. I'm just saying, like, it seems a little, like, a little too contentious for no reason. It, it does feel like the powers that be definitely know something we don't right now. Well, and they do. They will. You know, that's, uh. not, that's not a surprise. Uh, but I certainly feel like that might be a thing. I don't know. I... I I don't know, but I think it's it's odd that they were like, "Oh, we can screw over Jeff Loeb, but we can't." But we're not. But we are gonna outright say what happened with Perlmutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, too. Well, I guess because he's not like the sort of dude who's on social media, because you would half expect him to go on a tweet screaming like, "You can't do this to me! I'm hot glued to my chair. You can't get me out of here." Absolutely. No, I would expect that. Well, he he's he is. Uh, you know, he, he is notorious, but, uh, he certainly, yeah. as, yeah, as I recall, I've heard stories where he's like gone to Marvel comics offices and like torn down posters and like, oh, yeah. complete like meltdown. So uh, he's basically Mr. Burns, but real. Right. Exactly. So he tried to blot out the sun. He tried to steal Christmas for yeah. a couple years. So I don't know. May, maybe he, like, so, but the only thing these people kind of like respond to, and when I see these people, I mean, uh, corporate executives, mm. uh, I'm saying like most corporate executives is like especially contentious ones they respond to money oh yes That's and who makes thing. more money than feige yeah money and power and so and they'll they'll cha- they'll exchange one for another yeah. so who knows i I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes so uh right now we're going to talk about the super chats and then we're going to get into what this means and what it could mean in the future uh right Nate dog says been watching for years finally catching it live welcome back Nate dog hey. thanks so much for watching man uh, Gorgonfish says Ross is back. Maybe build up Thunderbolts team. You're not too far off, man. Not only is well, look, Ross yeah, back, but they. I'm hearing theories that uh, Liv yeah. Tyler might be back as as Betty. I heard that too in that She-Hulk show, and obviously we're getting Zemo in that uh, Falcon Winter Soldier right. show. So I mean, yeah, that seems to be a good place to go. You set them up on TV, and then maybe they're the villains for the next Avengers movie. Totally, and I would take I would take Thunderbolts. I'd take Dark Avengers. They're cool too. Hell, there is an Iron Patriot suit just sitting there waiting for somebody to put on. Sure is. Uh, so now that Feige is chief creative officer, I guess the question is, like, what does that mean? And and, and is it a good idea? Uh, you know, Casada was chief creative officer. He was. And I guess some major creative decisions came from him. Mm-hmm. Though I got to tell you, like, ever since he took on that job, I don't really know what he's done. No, we haven't heard from him. He has also become something akin to a ghost. He'll show up at New York Comic Con and some be like, "Oh, hey, look, it's Casada." Right, and he still occupies that. He he occupied that position for many years. Whenever anybody asked what he was doing, you know, he said he was doing that, or he would he would weigh in. But like, I don't know, like what he has done. So I can't even say that any sweeping creative decisions came from him. So we can expect the same from Kevin. So. What does that mean? What what does the chief creative officer do at Marvel? So I guess the question is let's let's try and figure that out. What is what does the chief creative officer do? They were they report to Marvel, they report to D- to Disney. It sounds more like they were like a creative liaison to me. 
Um, and so if they are a creative liaison with the parent company and with the publishing company, mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. they really more acting as an intermediary or are they actually a creative force? What do you think? That's a, that's a very good question. Yeah, I mean, you would think a guy like this has the juice and the power and the reach that when he says stuff, stuff gets done. Right. Oh, definitely. And I guess, and hopefully, because here's the thing. We've talked about um, what Marvel, and DC for that matter, have been doing wrong at the comics mm-hmm. level for, for, yes. for as long as we've been doing this as a career. Yeah. Uh, and so the question is, like, can Feige stop slash mitigate some of those problems? That's true. I've heard some interesting theories to say, like, you know, is he finally going to be the guy to do the thing that fans have been saying forever? And that is like, hey, you know, maybe we should put some comics in places that aren't special stores. Maybe we should put these in front of the faces of people who see the movies. Maybe we should have pop-up comic shops when people leave their next Avengers movie. It's like, hey, man, buy a comic, why don't you? I've heard that theory, except... Perlmutter's in charge of sales. Mm, and there's a problem right there. So the money ain't coming. Like, the money is not going to be there for that. Or at the very least, Perlmutter's not going to allocate resources for that. Obviously not. Now, unless Feige is like, I think we should be doing this. And Ike, I think we should be doing this. And I'm going to tell our bosses that we should be doing this. <laughs> I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> yeah, and so... It's more like in maybe okay theory time. Instead of them like paying off Perlmutter and he's got like a very short tenure now, uh, what if instead they can't get rid of him? He's mm. too entrenched. So Casada fell on his sword, took a pay t- took a pay cut. Feige occupied that position. Now there's somebody on the inside who can keep Perlmutter in check. Now right, who can which... tell him what to do. Which that would be pretty amazing when we really would be in a bold new era at that point. A, a bold new contentious problematic era. It's an era I don't want to be in because it's <laughs> there's too much uncertainty. You know, like I said, you know, we know that I can be a little uh, uh, petty. Mm. You know, like when um, they didn't get the Fox deal. And so as such, he pulled all the X-Men and Fantastic Four comics. For a long period of time. So I don't know. I... I it's it's a very it's it, like I like we said it's this is all very very new we're looking forward to finding out uh, I noticed that like in o- early October Casada uh, talked a little bit at New York Comic Con about what he was doing as pre demotion like two weeks before or a week before interesting um, but uh, but he basically just kind of like well because he does his cup of Joe panels every that's right um, but uh, it was him facilitating. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio talking about being Wilson Fisk, um, which is interesting. Um, mm. and, and just kind of like being, I think like the, the Hollywood liaison, he says that like yeah. he was on set during the production of Daredevil. So my guess would be, this is a lot more direct. Now, that being said, if the chief creative officer was on set during Jeff Loeb's TV productions, mm-hmm. then I guess that means that Feige would be involved in Marvel's TV productions. <laughs> You would think so, and that also calls into question, too, where it's like, okay, if they're still talking about Daredevil and still talking about that now defunct Netflix universe, what are the odds of bringing them back or possibly rebooting them? I've heard the rumor that they're actually going to try and do a do-over on the Inhuman Royal Family in that Miss Marvel show. I've heard that, too. I've, we, I read the same report that apparently 
Uh, they may have cast, uh, what's it called? Or they're, they're looking at casting at least Black Bolt and Medusa and putting them into the Ms. Marvel show. Which is um, a brilliant place to do it. It's the best place. It was. It's the inverse of what I expected to happen when they announced the Inhumans movie. Where I was like, uh, when they were doing the movie, I'm like, oh, there's no way Kamala's not going to be in that movie. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, there's no way that Kamala, that the Inhumans won't be in the Kamala movie. Yeah, it turns out one actually casts a bigger shadow than the other now. And what's interesting, here's here's a little bit of like fun pl- baseball they're playing. Um, Kamala, Ms. Marvel, is an Inhuman. Because Marvel TV has now been kind of like, I don't know, table flipped. Uh, and Feige might be overseeing it. We don't know, but we know Jeff Loeb is not being mentioned in any of these power struggle situations. Um, if that's happening... Then, what if, in this particular case, what if um, it's all fortuitous and they're like, okay, we can get a do-over with the Inhumans, we can do them as Marvel show, and we also coincidentally have an Avengers video game that's coming out in the spring that was being developed during the Fox problem, so it has a heavy reliance on the Inhumans. We can get a second bite at the Inhumans apple. Well, that sounds like some good multimediaing is what that sounds like. Right? That's making lemons out of, that's making lemonade out of lemons, man. <laughs> boy, boy is it. Um, and I think it's clever, so I hope it is. I hope they're doing it. That would be that would be so smart for them to be like, Very. "Oh crap, there's a there's a there's a huge game coming out that's going to be referencing nonstop and humans and Kamala's probably going to be a major character." We Better have some ready to go. <laughs> helps a lot and also too i mean i think we're gonna see the face of tv change more than anything now with this deal where it's like look are you because you you got your disney plus shows those are obviously the a shows you got those hulu shows that was two shows but is now one show and a bunch of animated shows we haven't heard anything about are you are you guys even gonna be on regular tv anymore is it just gonna be apps now to the end of eternity but app shows that are actually connected i think that that's the thing i think that what they were doing was they were transitioning and they're like just letting all the shows like end, get canceled, whatever. The Netflix thing was easy. Netflix was like, I'm not helping a competitor. Those shows are dead. Uh, but with the ABC thing, it's like, you know, let S.H.I.E.L.D. end finally. Uh, you know, inevitably, Cloak and Dagger and uh, and Runaways. I forget that end. shows. I forget those shows are even on television. Oh, Runaways. It's still on. It's still on. I haven't watched a single frame, but I hear they're pretty good. People enjoy That's- them. That's impressive. Good good on you, Runaways, for beating the odds. I know, but at the same time, they're like, hey, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let, let's, anything else that's good, that could be TV, we're going to stick it on Hulu, we're going to stick it on Disney+, Plus, and as such, we'll be under the purview of, 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 of Feige. It, it could, ho- the whole thing could just be a move just to cut out Loeb and remove Marvel TV as it is. Sure, it, it looks stands. that way. Um, which is, interesting because if they're doing it just to fix the tv problem which Mm. arguably there wasn't one except for egos the biggest problem of all as is the case with everything the casualty could be comics because feige is chief creative officer and either you're gonna get one of two things one he is a creative influence that says where the line should go which is either good or bad that's true. Or he doesn't care at all and def- and defers to, I guess, Casada since he's v- he's VP. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's the sort of person who doesn't care. I think as we've seen with how he's helped select people to helm all these different film projects, he's like very much a the right person for the right job kind of guy. Exactly, exactly. Uh, jumping into the Super Chats really quick, Joshua Wright says, few bucks for being so awesome. Thank you very much, man. It's very nice of you. Uh, if Feige wants a hand in the comics, do you think he replaces Sabolsky with his own editor-in-chief? Maybe a Walmart mm-hmm. Okay. A couple of things to unpack about that. First up, they just installed C.B. Sabolsky. He just got the job. That doesn't mean they couldn't fire him immediately. I don't think, and this is my concern with Feige being chief creative officer of com- of the comic line, which is, does he know the right people to be in those positions? That's Does true. he know enough comic people? Would he install a comic person? What if he gets someone outside to run the comic arm? Like what yes. if what if he what if he was like, oh yeah, you know what? I want to get my own people in here. He kicks out Sabolsky, brings in like Lauren Schuler Donner or some other producer that he knows and trusts, who has no connection to the comics outside of the movies. Right, that would be weird. Again, especially as you said, Sagruski just got the job and by all account is doing a pretty good job right now. Which means nothing in the corporate world, unfortunately. Also that, hey, you do, again, l- let me tell you about a little guy named Jeff Johns. He was doing a good job too until they told him to get the fuck out. That's true enough. Uh, now, as for the Walmart line, um, I, 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 I remember when the Walmart thing was was broached with for by DC. I remember all the retailers freaked the hell out. We did a whole episode of our other show, Comic Line, about it. Uh, it actually wound up that video got circulated among a bunch of comic book retailer forums, in which they like mocked us mercilessly because they were like, well, "You don't know anything about comic book retail." Uh, where we were like, "It doesn't really matter, and it's not going to affect you." And they were like, "Oh!" And it didn't really matter, and it didn't really affect them. So who really knows? But um, the Walmart line was ultimately ineffectual because it was entirely dependent on Walmart executing comic book sales. And as I was saying to somebody earlier on Twitter, Walmart shoved the DC comics on the lowest shelf mm. under Yu-Gi-Oh cards mm. near the uh, near the like checkout counter. They sure did. Walmart doesn't give a flying fuck about comic books. And, and it's super apparent. To expect Walmart to do the right thing or to be smart about it, they will not. I expo- I looked high and low for those comics when they first announced they were there. I went to the periodical section where they should be. They weren't yes. there. I went to the toy aisle where they might have been. They Which were not. Been a good idea. And then I went to the friggin' card section and couldn't find them because they were on the lowest shelf underneath something else. By the way, DC Primal Age had a tie-in with Target when DC made those He-Man figures. Oh, yeah. You could get the DC Primal Age comic book at Target. You know where they had it? In the toy section next to the figures. So it does. it's not like retail giants don't know where to put them. It's that Walmart specifically doesn't give a shit about comic books. Uh. So I wouldn't trust Walmart to put them anywhere that would make sense. Yeah. And uh, and I would actually write them off until they came to the comic book industry. As if to say, like, okay, you know what? No, comics should be sold everywhere. You know what? Like, the retail market, the, the, the specialty comic shop market, it had its day. It doesn't work breed. as well. It needs to change and die. 
it's going to adapt and the best ones will and the worst ones yes. won't but comics sell better in bookstores as they do in specialty retail markets so as mm -hmm. such comics should be sold in bookstores as such that they are and yes. um and they should be sold wherever comics had been sold newsstands uh grocery drug stores, stores drug stores uh and listen there's precious retail space for them so they're gonna Boy, have to pick that. and choose but make it so that comics are a smart business decision for retailers and make it so that walmart's like okay we can't ignore comics now we'll make a shelf space for them yeah but to, to beg walmart to try and reach this phantom large audience it, it's a it's a fool's errand because at the at the current market time they don't care and, no, they really don't. And it's only going to hurt. There was a video that Jim Lee shot where he was like looking for them and he was like making a oh, joke about no. it. I'm like, that was the most sad thing I've ever <gasps> seen. One of oh, the, no. the co-president of DC is like making a joke about how you can't find their comics anywhere. A uh, titan in his industry. Like you, that's that's that was the slip up number two. The slip up number one was that Jim Lee didn't go on the freaking Letterman show or whatever show, the Colbert Report, and curse them out about it. No, and, and no, no, no. I mean, like go on when Batman Damned oh, was yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. deal. Not immediately go on those shows, or at least make a video and be like, "Yeah, you know what? You can see his dick, and you can pick it up for six dollars over at any retail comic. Like, go pick it up. Like, you know, own it as opposed to hide from it." Yeah. Um, somebody mentioned, I just want to, as a quick as a quick tangent, I don't want to address much time to this, but um, somebody mentioned, like, uh, so you're talking about Marvel, but no Joker review? What the fuck? Um, I talked about the Joker on another show, and also by the time we were able to talk about the Joker, Tiffany and I, on Off the Rack, um, we were already past the point of freshness for talking mm -hmm. about the Joker. The fact is, there is... The, the best time to talk about the Joker was the day it came out or the day after it came out, which I did mm -hmm. on another show. I can't talk about it here because honestly, it would hurt us to talk about a movie that everyone has already seen. <laughs> well, and except for me, but I was sick and I also didn't care that much. <laughs> right. So it was just, it was not going to be able to work, but I did do it on another show. So, you know, not to, not to play favorites. I don't play favorites. It's just that, and I, trust me, I would have loved to have cashed in on the Joker, uh, you know, to talk about that movie exclusively on our, on our channel. We just didn't get and a chance to. And the society that he lives in. Yeah. Which, yeah. We didn't have a chance to on this channel. And, uh, and now that there is time, it, no one would watch it. Mm. So that's why we didn't do it. Uh, so anyway, uh, what is some like we've talked about like some of the doom <laughs> that could come from right. this? Right, right, right. What if, uh, what are some good things that could come from this? Uh, I hope they fix up the TV line, or at the very least, decide what it's going to be. Is it going to have a thing on regular cable, or is it just going to be all apps forever? And also, maybe can you put out some like animated shows that I, as like a, a fan? like adult but who is still young at heart, would be happy to watch? Can we do that, please? Right. Uh, can we have some quality control? Yeah, right. That'd be nice. Um, I I think that honestly, what you might see with the shows is. You'll see them start with apps and then transition to TV where it's like they'll start producing shows that you'll find on Disney Plus or Hulu. They'll make entire seasons and then, hell, we have TV arms. Stick them on the TV. Like stick those shows on TV if they missed them or something. Um, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I really I really don't know um, about the TV thing. I think 
I think the future is apps, streaming, and direct market. I think the TV yeah. hopefully should be in that direction. So I'm fine with it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, apparently yeah. your bass is really high, by the way. People are really complaining about, like, the, the, the you saying hmm a lot because your bass is too high. Oh, um, sorry. And I'm only going hmm because, uh, what is it, because it keeps dropping in and out on mine, and I'm trying not to betray that it's dropping I in know. and out on mine. No, I, I'm catching your visual cues of it. Uh, that's Discord for you. And if you want to know why we're using Discord, blame Skype because Skype totally screwed me again. So, you know. Trying to make a professional show, been doing this show for almost five years, and uh, still having problems with the basic free services that used to work ten years ago. Um, that was Christopher Garrett, by the way, who says, try not to hmm as much. Your bass hurts his ears. Um, Rad Vengeance says, put comics on the magazine racks and checkout aisles. We talked about that. Um, it would be nice. They try. Uh, they don't do as well, but maybe they're not trying as hard. I mean, like, I remember buying pretty much all of DC Comics' Bloodlines exclusively at the 7-Eleven when I was a kid going down the shore. So, like, I, and that's going back a ways, but, like, I do recall comics being sold at checkout counters and, 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 uh, and, and grocery stores and, and convenience stores. So, like, if they're not doing it now, I think that's weird. Um what was it? Uh, that should be... Oh, and uh, Gorgonfish says, do you think we could get quality animated movies? That would be nice. That's such a weird uh, thing that they're not doing. I mean, we are doing those what-ifs on the app, so, you know, if those take off. I would love that. Feige has, is no stranger to those. He produced all the ones you like. Hmm. He produced that Thor one. Remember the Thor one, the prequel one where he had a sword? I do. He did that one. He produced the Doctor Strange one. Like, Feige produced... A number of them which you like so oh. it would make very good sense for him to do that <laughs> yeah that'd be nice that's a whole avenue that they're not really exploring yeah the Iceman says the same thing I wonder if Disney known for animation might produce some high quality Marvel animation the last decent one was Hulk versus completely agree you win a no prize I could like Hulk versus was the best looking and some of the best like comic accurate stuff oh yeah I I'm disappointed that Marvel didn't that DC or Disney Marvel hasn't produced like, you know, Justice League slash Bruce Tim esque directed to digital slash animated uh, features that are just adaptations of the comics that are set in the same universe. That'd be nice. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like it 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 should be a good thing that Feige is is chief creative officer of Marvel because. He is a positive creative force for the Marvel multimedia line, which is arguably why Marvel is one of the most recognized comic brands out there now. Um, it, it should be good. I hope it is. I hope it maintains that 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 level. Um, we are uh, we're just getting the storm. It's coming in right now, and it may be affecting the show. So I get the feeling it is. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to end the show now. But uh, I wanted to wrap up with some final thoughts. And I think, uh, as I said on Twitter earlier, I think hashing this out, I'm still cautiously optimistic about Feige's position. As you should be. Like I want to believe that because he's such a positive influence on the most visual version of Marvel, that he'll have a positive impact on the comic line as well. 
Likewise, I, I for one welcome our new Feige overlords and would like to let him know that I would be very good at gathering others to work in the sugar mines. Well, and that's the thing. I think he, like, has an eye for quality and he knows who to defer to and who to trust. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, when he's like, you're doing something right, you know what you're working on, you know what you're doing. And so that should work fine. But, yeah. yeah. And somebody made, made a good point, and I made this up, actually, last time we talked about this, which was yesterday in another show. Um... What if I get up by a bus tomorrow? What the hell are we going to do? That's, uh, you know, that's the dark multiverse we don't want to peer into for too long. No, he needs a successor or or if you're going by like House of X rules, five successor, five redundancies. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Can we back up his mind on some sort of computer somewhere and put it in a younger body? Right. Or at the very least, just like five protégés that all have a vested interest in preserving Marvel's integrity and making it good. Now you're making him sound like some samurai master and my five protégés and when I die you will all fight and the last one left standing will inherit my empire of gold. I'll take it. That'd be fine. But uh, yeah, let us know in the comments down below when this show is no longer live. Uh, What do you think about Feige's role? Uh, What would you want Feige's first decision to be? Comics, TV, cartoons, animated movies, whatever, let me know. I'd love to continue the conversation there. I want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next time in another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Joel, as always, thanks for being here. Listen, Always a pleasure. If you want to see a special show uh, that Joel and I do exclusively on the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash comicpop and check out One Shots, an audio-only podcast that's a little shorter than this where we talk a little bit about something that spins out of this. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. And uh, listen, if you're going to be in the Wayne, Wayne, New Jersey area on October 26th, Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m., the entire Compop crew is going to be at Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey, uh, doing a thing. I don't know. We're going to shoot something. We'll see. But uh, come check us out. We'd love to see you. And uh, I'm going to be at Baltimore Comic-Con on Saturday. Uh, if you see me, stop me and say hello, and uh, we'll do something. Maybe we'll do nice. a meetup. I doubt it. But uh, listen, I'm going to be there. It's a small show. You'll probably see me. If you think you see me, it's me. Go say hello. Hey, everybody. I'm Tiffany from Comic Pop, and I am here with the incredible Cullen Bunn over at the Valiant booth, ready to chat about some comics. Cullen, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I want to ask you, what is it that attracts you to a project or a story? What, what is it that really excites you about something? <laughs> well, Back, you know, a few years ago it would have been they offered it to me. <laughs> just, um, but now I, I you know, I kind of, I, I, I want to, to pick work that I think I can really bring something to. That I can, that, that you know, my writing sensibilities will add something and elevate the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said, and that was, that was just a little bit of a joke. I really would, at one time, I would not have turned down any work probably, you know. <laughs> And, and uh, the me, you know, 15-year-old me, there have been projects in the last year that I've turned down that the 15-year-old me would have said, what are you thinking? <laughs> but what I was thinking is, it's just not the right book for me. Someone else could do that book, uh, do a better job of that book. Um, and so I really want books that, uh, that, that I think I can add something to. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that it speaks to my sort of my brand mm-hmm. uh, whatever that is right right but uh, so it, that's really what it is I, I love that um, along the same lines then in characters what what is your favorite type of character to write currently because I know right. that can shift over time well that you know that's pretty much been the, a standard for me. I, I always gravitate towards characters who operate in uh, a morally gray area okay uh, sometimes full-on dark areas yeah. so I, I always uh, I'm drawn to those kind of characters darker characters characters with uh, maybe a horror edge mm-hmm. or, or more violent edge or anti-heroes 
those seem to be the ones that I, I feel like I can do the best job with. Okay, oh no, absolutely. Now I know you've had a lot of experience with a lot of different companies, writing a lot of different characters, a lot of different stories. You did mention the horror elements, and yes. I know there are some horror areas of the Valiant universe. Are we going to be seeing any horror elements leaking into your upcoming project, Roku? So I did Punk Mambo for Valiant. Right. And and that had a lot, that was absolutely 100% supernatural horror. Right. Uh, Roku has some horror elements, but it is much more of a uh, an action, okay. you know, it's high octane, yeah. you know, high octane action. Uh, it's it's a roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some horror elements, and there are some characters who uh, we're introducing several new characters. Some that are really, really bad. I mean, really evil. Yeah. That could operate in in a horror book in a very, you know, very easily. And maybe they'll show up at somewhere else and down the down the line. Oh, that's fantastic. Now I know Roku is going to be a four issue mini series. Yes. Do you prefer to write a mini, or do you prefer the ongoing? I love ongoing series. I love to be able to really sink my teeth into a long story, mm -hmm. um, but in some cases, you know, it, it, it depends on what the story calls for. And with Roku, I felt, you know, definitely the first four issue arc, that's what it needed. Um, that's not to say there might not be another Roku okay. or another one, uh, you know, so it almost could become like a series of miniseries sure. or this, it, maybe, it, it, you know, the response is there, it could become an ongoing Roku series. Right. But uh, I love, I love ongoing series, but you know, it's nice to be able to get into the story and get out of the story and leave. I definitely leave some uh, kernels for the for the future. Okay, though. that's exciting. So, what do you love about Roku? What is it about her that is so enticing? So, uh, Roku's cool because she has really no memory of who she was. Right. And that gives me a lot of room to, to play, even in a story that's just, you know, action, action, action. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, of hints at Roku's past. There are characters from Roku's past that she doesn't remember that are popping up. Right. Um, she's she's always been a villain character or a supporting character, mm -hmm. but this is her book, so right. I was able to really dig into to her as a character and really showcase her. She's not really playing back up to any other existing mm -hmm. Valiant superhero. Right. This is she is in the spotlight here, uh, and I'm able to introduce an entire new world. Really, there's there's a lot of villains and a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, adversaries that Roku's facing. Some sometimes you only get a little glimpse of them, okay. you know, a few panels. But uh, but but I'm really trying to do a story that uh, that even even those few panels, yeah. you get to you get to maybe hints at a bigger world. Yeah, no, I, I love that type of storytelling where you don't need to necessarily tell them every single moment that happened. It's already there. You you can you can get it, and then later on, maybe we'll see that. If, you could, you know, yeah. if you guys go out and pick this up. No ninja. No ninja. Oh wow! No ninja. That's exciting. I was I was very uh, I, I, I was I, I, I thought about that long and hard, but uh -huh. I really thought is this going to be her story? Yeah. Ninja needs to kind of not. He's he, I don't know that we even mentioned ninja. That's that fantastic book, so, though. Yeah. I mean, I think that really gives her an opportunity to grow, as you mentioned. Right. So anything else coming down the pipe for uh, Valiant? <laughs> I mean, we're doing four issues. You've already written for them before. Do you have any dream projects that you'd like to tackle within the universe? I do have some some dream Valiant projects, and, and I have some sort of, I have a, not even, it, some of these dreams aren't even just, you know, character or book specific. I have some, some big ideas uh, when it comes to Valiant. Okay. However, I cannot tell you about them. All right, all right. <laughs> Which is good news. I can't, the fact that I can't talk about them is good news for me. Yes. Uh, and I think there'll, uh, there'll be some exciting stuff down the line. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. Before we go, I think we should definitely talk about the artist. I don't want to butcher their name for Roku. I don't either. <laughs> Ramon 
box? That's it. You okay. got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, How is that relationship, writer-artist relationship? It's really good. You know, I've worked with Ramon before at other mm -hmm. in other projects. So when uh, when they when they said when they they told me he was going to be the artist, I got really excited because I knew what I was going to get. I knew that that uh, that he could handle the kind of uh, the kind of story we were telling. Yeah. And uh, and and I knew there was you know. We just have a very good relationship. I know when he takes these pages, when I get them in my emails, it's an exciting day for me because he's, there's just so many cool things. I was, you know, there's a lot going on in these pages because Roku, she's a, you know, she's a ninja, she's telepathic, she can move, she's a contortionist, and she has hair that can, you know, the yeah. living hair. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in yeah. any single panel with Roku. Oh yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Ramon was he just nailed it. Everyone, really you know, nice. the first and and, and the, I joke jokingly on Twitter a while back. I said I just asked an artist to do like six decapitations and <laughs> and you know a dozen dismemberments and in, in the in the course of five pages and and I was like that's that's Ramon drawing that. So yeah. and and I think he likes it. You know. And, that's and I, and I also, you know, I mentioned earlier how, you know, in, there are characters that we're showing, that are showing up, maybe sometimes just for a few panels. Yeah. But uh, a lot of that falls on Ramon to make those characters really pop and interesting enough that I would love for people to, reading this book, to say, I saw those characters in three panels. I really want to know more about yeah. them. And Ramon is, is doing a lot of that. That's phenomenal. I think having a really strong artist-writer relationship is really important. Yeah. I think in books where that's not present, it's kind of felt sometimes. Yeah. So the fact that you guys already have a working relationship going into this, it's not like you're starting cold. Yeah, like, and, and I can tell he's having, it, 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 it seems like he's having a lot of fun with these pages. Right. I really feel like your, your tweet should really be on the back of the book. I, I really, yeah. I, th I, feel like I think we should just list point. it. We should just list all the, yeah. the, the bodily harm that's I, going to be I, inflicted. I'm, yeah. I mean, like, I was already interested. I'm more interested now after hearing this. That could just be a variant cover. <laughs> it's just a list. Helen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and chatting about Roku, about comics in general. I'm really excited for the mini coming out, for issue number one, coming out October 30th. You guys should go pick it up. You heard it here. Decapitations, dismemberments, living hair. I, I think this is like an obvious pickup. I, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just I'm just biased. I'm Tiffany from Comic Pop. Thanks for watching. Thank <laughs> you.